District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. All right, listeners, we are in for a treat on this episode of District of Conservation. I have brought on David Waliki and also Mariah McWhite-Hackney from the South Carolina Waterfowl Association. And I learned about the organization through befriending Mariah at the recent Professional Outdoor Media Association business conference that we held in Kalispell. And she and her boss wanted to come on and share what their organization is about. So both of you, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Could you introduce my listeners to your organization and can you describe your respective roles within the organization as well? Sure. Um, We were founded in uh, December 16th of 1986. uh, My background, I, I have a wildlife management degree from Auburn. And then I studied waterfowl through the Delta Waterfowl Foundation was the name of it at the time. Uh, studying ducks and geese, did my master's degree there, was hired by Ted Turner, the CNN TBS guy to manage the land for him. And then I started in 1986, I wanted to start a state waterfowl conservation organization. I had learned about the California Waterfowl Association when I was at Delta. And I had a mentor named Ray Lewis who helped me start uh, SCWA. And the whole idea and our mission is to enhance and perpetuate South Carolina's wildlife heritage through education and waterfowl and wildlife habitat conservation. So we got started in 86. Um, I asked Ted Turner for $100,000. He said, Dave, I'm your adopted uncle, not your daddy. I'm going to give you $10,000 and come to your banquet and we'll see what you're made of. And so he helped us get started and uh, we've been off and running ever since. We uh, do habitat conservation work across the state. Uh, We've installed over 24,000 wood duck nest boxes. We have a large wood duck population here. It's the number one duck in the state. So we've done a lot with wood ducks. We do a lot of work uh, developing waterfowl habitat, working with both DNR, US Fish and Wildlife Service, private landowners. So we got started with that. And then we, uh, I always believed if you're gonna have a future for wildlife habitat, you need to have a constituency. You know, people matter more than wildlife or habitat does. You have to have people that care about those things. So in 1994, we started our Wildlife Education Center, which has grown leaps and bounds into the largest wildlife conservation education center in the country. Um, So we've been building that. And uh, We're a nonprofit, 501c3. We have 28 chapters, 500 volunteers, over 5,000 members. Uh, And we're, this is my 37th year. I have a great wife who supports me in this and we've just been going and growing ever since. Uh, My name's Mariah. I'm the communications director for this organization. I'm 23 years old and August will be my first completed year with this organization. Um, I'm the communications director, so my role primarily involves managing all the media and marketing materials that we use for the programs that we host. 
So sometimes I'm in the office, updating the website, creating media content, and sometimes I'm out in the field with the kids that come for some of our summer camp programs or our school year programs. Very good. I wanted to ask you guys, your organization, you said, David, models very much California's Waterfowl Association. Does your organization seek to differ from, let's say, Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, or does it offer something entirely different and can supplement? Because I know among conservationists, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, so many groups are being created for competition. But I think different organizations can work in concert with one another more so than that. So explain. Definitely. Yeah. You know, when we started at the time in 1986, Ducks Unlimited was doing great work in Canada and in the prairie, prairie states, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota. But at that time, there were, there, were, there were very few state waterfowl associations, and we had issues here, habitat-related, that needed to be addressed. Uh, so the whole idea was, let's just complement what they're doing. Let's complement what Fish and Wildlife Service is doing, and let's try to enhance the habitat in South Carolina as, as we, you know, doing the best job that we can to increase bird numbers, wetland habitat. And then, uh, you know, that was in 86. So then we, we got the opportunity, you know, I looked around the conservation community and I realized, you know, we really, we've got to bring the next generation along. And we got a great opportunity to get a piece of land here near Lake Marion. We have about, now we have 1,237 acres, which is our education center campus. So as I developed and, and, and taught working with other conservation groups, I saw the need to, to really help pass this on to the next generation. If we don't have a, you know, less than 5% of us hunt, uh, yet over 70% of the money that's spent on wildlife conservation comes from those hunters. So you've got to help develop that next generation of hunters. Uh, So we developed Camp Woody in 1995, our summer wildlife conservation camp. No one else was doing this. Uh, And we, we got, we developed it. You know, this summer we have 1600 kids at camp. We have a waiting list of over 550 kids. We're going to expand that program up to 2,400 kids each summer. And then we started in 2012, we started a school year camp. The whole idea there was, you know, 96% of the people or 95% plus who don't hunt need to understand the science behind wildlife management, forestry, land management. So we we developed Camp Leopold, named after Aldo Leopold. And the idea is let's get classes, third to seventh graders in, let's get them in the outdoors, let's teach them about these scientific principles, uh, you know, that all of our land management is based on, you know, forestry, wildlife management, fisheries, and let's help them to understand conservation, the wise use of our natural resources. And I call our school year program the Common Sense Environmentalism Program. We are we're the common sense folks. You know, we believe man is part of the environment. It's our responsibility to manage our resources on a sustainable basis. And that's what conservation is all about. So we started that. Uh, that program is growing rapidly. Uh, we hope to have over 5,000 kids through the school year camp next year. And then we also go into the schools. We take snakes, turtles, live ducks, uh, we uh, reached over 13,000 kids in the schools during the COVID uh, shutdowns. Uh, we've reached over 8,500 this past year. Um, 
And then uh, in addition to that, we have weekend heritage events at our facility. So we want to be a parent's partner to make the outdoors part of your family heritage. I do what I do because I spent over 2,000 days hunting and fishing with my father. Um, my kids love to hunt and fish, my daughter and son, my grandkids. I have one grandson who I can tell he's going to be a, a hunter and an outdoorsman and a fisherman. But that's why I do it. It's part of my family heritage. And we want to do everything we can to help other families make that part of their family heritage. So on these weekend events, we have deer hunts, dove hunts, duck hunts, parent-child shooting clinics. We have uh, women's wilderness weekends. We have uh, shooting clinics. We have uh, fishing tournaments, uh, just all kinds of activities. And then we try to educate parents on how you can get your kids into, you know, whether it's a state run hunt or a hunt on a national wildlife refuge, or if you want to learn how to travel to different areas to hunt or where to go fishing, uh, just so we can facilitate that. Um, I, want, I want kids to have the same experience I had. And I think it's so important right now. Uh, you know, there's so few kids that get a great outdoor experience. But once you get them out there, you get them away from the phone, you pique their interest. And I believe that's what we've got to do. You know, we have great sponsors like Bass Pro and Cabela's. We have a lot of other industries like Dominion and Duke Energy and a lot of companies, Boeing Corporation, Volvo, other companies that support our school year program, Honda. And uh, we have uh, a lot of the electric cooperatives, international paper, um, and a lot of private individuals that you know believe in this idea of teaching kids, getting them back in, getting them back in touch with nature out on the landscape, teaching them about about conservation. Mariah, how has the social media reception been to the organization in the year that you've been working with the South Carolina Waterfowl Association? Is it being well received? What you guys are doing? Um, most definitely. When I first came into this role, I was just fresh out of college. So I was kind of learning different ways on my own from what I learned in school to kind of apply here. And most definitely, I think the programs have grown in general, just from the foundation and the footwork that was already here before I came in. But I think overall, just from some new media marketing tactics that we have used, I think this organization and the programs as a whole are really going to take off. How has conservation played a role in the organization? David, you talked a little bit about it, but I want you to maybe focus in on it a bit more. Um, how does it guide the South Carolina Waterfowl Association? Well, it's, you know, to me, conservation is the wise use of our natural resources to provide the maximum sustainable benefits to mankind. Um, you know, we, we, we want to make, we want to get that message across. In, in my mind, there's too much of a preservation message that's out there. You know, we believe that man is part of the ecosystem. We have that responsibility. We can provide clean water. We can have good fish and wildlife habitat. We can have land that can provide food and fiber. And we may, and we can manage it on a sustainable basis. It's not always easy, but that's that's the real world, and uh, and we want to help. We want to do that to help wildlife, to help habitat, but also to improve the quality of life for every man, woman, and child in our country. And 
that's that's the message that we believe in and uh that sustainability conservation message you know it's it's a message that uh all hunters and fishermen live should live by we teach that to the kids you know you want to put back more than you take and uh, you have that responsibility i believe it's a god-given responsibility and uh and a lot of industry uh responds to that because you know good industries a lot of these sponsors they manage on a sustainable basis you know uh, we have a lot of great companies that's their that's their motto is sustainability and that's what we're all about um and we've got to we've got to get that message out there uh and uh you know the world is so virtual now i mean many kids never get an opportunity to get out in nature I always say nature heals. You know, we take their phones away from them when they come. We have radios on campus. You know, we have our nurse and our few, few of our leaders at camp will have telephones, but we have radios. Everyone has a radio for safety. But it's amazing when you disconnect these kids from the phone, you, you read our surveys, and many children will comment that one of the greatest things about their camp experience was they got away from the phone and from media and from having to look at it all the time. You know, it has great benefits, as we all know, for marketing and education, but uh, helping these kids to reconnect sparks that flame. Then they can go on and they can use social media to learn more about the environment, nature. And and uh, so we're, we're excited about that. Uh, we, uh, we hope to build a model that can be replicated across the country. Uh, because I believe we need we need a couple hundred of these education centers across the U.S. and Canada, and we need to reach millions of kids uh, in order to secure the future for wildlife. Mariah, how easy is it to convey a conservation message across the different social media out or social media accounts that you guys maintain? Has it been easy? Has it been challenging? Um, are people receiving the programs well? Whenever you're talking about conservation being at the basis of them. Uh, most definitely, because I think with the programs that we have, the people that are involved, every single thing and anything that we put out works towards conservation and just spreading the message of we need to do these things in order to provide sustainability. And with all the programs like Camp Woody and Camp Leopold and our heritage events, all of the parents always come back and talk about how much their children really just enjoyed being outside and in a different environment because just like Camp Leopold, um, when the schools come in on site, they're disconnected from their phones, but they're also doing activities that they may or may not have ever had an opportunity to do, such as zip lining or canoeing. They have options to come and sign up for different activities for their school, but we never force anyone to do anything, but it's really nice to see some of these kids just come out of their shell and realize what the outdoors has to offer. That's awesome. And I kind of want to move things over briefly, Mariah first, and then I'll ask you, David, about outreach. Uh, Mariah, let's start with your experience at Poma. Do you guys hope to engage more outdoor media associations? And then David, I'll ask you about kind of your greater plan to reach out to media and also non-media as well. But Mariah, why don't you begin first? Yeah, so um, SCWA is quickly expanding its offerings and programs. But when I recently went to POMA, which is how I had the opportunity to meet you, um, it was beneficial for me to be able to connect 
with other outdoor media professionals and others just involved in the outdoor industry. It was nice being able to learn from some of the best in the industry, whether that was going to a photography or videography session or just going to one about content writing and messaging. I think that working with other media organizations helps leave a footprint and spread the message of what not just my organization believes in, but others in general. So I'm hoping that in the future, I'll be able to continue going to conferences and just join different associations to help learn and spread the message. And David, the question to you, do you guys hope to expand beyond uh, South Carolina through outdoor media associations, uh, partnerships that you had established and you alluded to corporate partnerships? Uh, So what does uh, South Carolina Waterfowl Association's plan look like to expand? Well, we're, um, we're de- we, every two years, we update our strategic plan, our master plan. So we're, we have another $10 million in expansion we're doing at our education center to <clears throat> allow us to reach uh, you know, 2,400 kids in the summer, 15,000 in the school year. We're beefing up our in-school programs. And then we're also expanding our marketing outreach. We've got, we're interviewing now for a you know, senior director of corporate partnerships. Uh, we're developing more on-site events. So we're, we're going to develop an outdoor heritage expo. A, uh, we're moving a big bluegrass festival to the center, but it'll also be like boating and fishing activities for families when they come to that. Uh, and we're, we're, we're going to invest a lot more in our marketing media. We have a lot of great stories to tell and, you know, we're, we, Mariah needs help. We need more, more, uh, more staffing there. Uh, we also, uh, we're building an endowment. Um, you know, we, our organization financially is very strong. We have an endowment started and it's our hope to, to formalize all of our education programs, have all of our staff involved in organizations like POMA in organizations that are, you know, conservation groups, uh, you know, the R3 group. Uh, and we're, we want to, we want to have this outreach, the involvement across the country. And then we'd like to basically develop a franchise model for replicating our education programs. They're sustainable and we want to seek and develop more partners. Uh, I've been doing this for 37 years. We have some incredible donors, a lot of people that have been involved for over 30 years that want to see that happen. So, uh, you know, I'm very excited about the growth. Uh, Great people like Rob Keck, who's send his grandkids to our camp, you know, built the Turkey Federation, worked with Bass Pro Cabela's. Rob is one of our great supporters. Uh, we have a great board of directors and a lot of sound business people. Um, so it's exciting to me, you know, we've reached critical mass and now we want to formalize our programs, help other people replicate it. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'd love to see you know, 50 years from now, several hundred of these facilities, more of like a YMCA type model where you can help plant camps across the country and with all of these different programs so we can help help recruit more, more conservationists. Is there anything else you guys want to touch upon about the organization? Anything my listeners should be aware of? Uh, well, do you want visitors the, to come yeah. from outside South Carolina to visit? Sure. Anybody who would like a tour, that would be awesome. You know, one of the other great programs we have, and it's also the largest in the country, we have a wildlife management apprentice program. And uh, we uh, we bring in wildlife biologists, 
even some of these kids have been campers at our camp. They go on to get a two-year natural resource degree or wildlife management degree. Then they work with us for two years and we teach them all of the farming. New Holland Tractor is a big sponsor. They provide all our tractors. We teach them farming, forest management, upland management. Uh, and then we help place them in jobs. We have a 100% hiring rate. And we have uh, partners like Paul Tudor Jones and Lewis Bacon and different, different large landowners who partner and our apprentices work on our properties. They work on other properties around, uh, around the country. And uh, that's been a really neat program. Uh, if you have any listeners out there who, who want to get into land management, uh, we hope to grow that up to 20 apprentices. We're going to build a new apprentice campus. And it's kind of the full circle of our education programs. You know, you can, if you're interested, you can come to camp and then we're going to educate you on how to make a difference on the landscape. Anything else you want to add in, Mariah, to that? I think Mr. David covered it all, actually. He, <laughs> I think he did a really good job of explaining what all our organization entails. Would you like to direct my listeners to how people can follow and connect with the organization then? <laughs> yeah. So um, all of our programs can be found either on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, or YouTube by their name. So we have Camp Woody, Camp Leopold, the Gary Dietrich Wildlife Management Apprentice Program, as well as our chapter development. If you go to our website, which is SCWA. Dot .org you can find all of our programs listed there and some more information. Wonderful. Thank you to both of you for joining District of Conservation. I think my listeners will greatly enjoy learning about a very cool organization like yours and how it is helping to bolster waterfall conservation in the United States. So thank you both for joining. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you subscribe there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>